0: Welcome again. This is American Dream Time. I'm Robert Doc Barham, and we are here today with Howard Martin of the Institute of Heartmath, who uh, Howard and I have known each other for many, many years. We haven't had a lot of contact over the years, but we first met back in the uh, actually the late 1990s, early 2000 period, when I went to the Institute of Heartmath and went through some training there and found um, what they're doing out there at HeartMath in Boulder Creek, California, to be some amazing stuff. Howard, welcome.
1: Hey, Robert. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be with you again some years after yeah. uh, in this new medium and these new times in this vastly changing world that we live in today.
0: Yeah, it is. Hey, For our listeners, will you uh, do me a favor and introduce yourself so that they, they understand you and what your work is at, at the Institute of HeartMath?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, As you mentioned, I'm Howard Martin. I'm one of the uh, people that's been here at HeartMath since its inception in 1991. I go back to my friendship with uh, the founder of HeartMath, Doc Chaudhry, even 15 years before that. So a long time in in this work. Um, Today I have a title. I'm actually on the for-profit side of what we do, HeartMath, Inc. I'm the executive vice president of HeartMath, Inc. Uh, Back in 19... um, Back in 1999, I authored authored my first book with Doc, which was published by HarperCollins, big publisher, and became a a perennial bestseller. uh, Which yeah, hard mass solution. Yeah, it was a big, big thing for me, a big shift. And um, so along the way, not only have I played a role in the businesses here, I've become a spokesperson and traveled all around the world, speaking everywhere, as a result of way back then having a successful book. So. My work today focuses really on um, trying to expand HeartMath so that we reach more and more people, and we've reached a lot of people, millions of people, in meaningful ways during the 30 years since our inception in 1991. And today, my focus is really on how do we get more of it to more people more quickly? The world needs more. I think of the type of information, tools, techniques, and methods that we've developed here at HeartMath. There are plenty of great systems out there, and we're certainly not the only one. But I think we have a an offering that can help an awful lot of people as we, again, go through these, these uh, changing times that we're all experiencing right now.
0: Now you and the team at HearthMath, you guys have been doing this research for almost 30 years now, uh, research on the heart. Mm-hmm. What is one of the most interesting discoveries that your team has made?
1: Well, I think going way back, Robert, one of the fundamental discoveries that our team made was the fact that the heart is more than a blood pump it's actually an information processing center in our bodies it sends information to the brain and throughout the entire system it's like the master controller inside our body it's not just an organ slavishly pumping blood it's um, a lot more than that so that was a fundamental understanding what was interesting is that pieces of that understanding were scattered throughout the research literature it was already kind of there but it was in pieces and what our scientists did was to pull those pieces together to do lots of advanced research on their own and to put together the story of how the heart communicates with the brain and the rest of the body. That was the beginning. Uh, Now our research, of course, has expanded into many other areas, but one of the fundamental discoveries in answer to your question was, guess what? Our heart's not just a blood pump. It's an information processing center.
0: That's really amazing. I I remember reading the heart math Solution, and to me, that that was probably a period of my life back then in the late 90s. Early two thousand I was beginning to really get interested in emotional intelligence, and that book struck me as like okay here's the science and um, it really grounded it and it it was uh, for for when I read it, it was pretty mind blowing for me and this heart intelligence you know and the energy the energetic field of the heart when you talk about that uh, the heart field that we produce, would you explain that like how uh, how this electromagnetic field, um, how can it connect with other fields that the heart produces?
1: Sure. Let's back up a little bit though, because you brought up something that's kind of fun for me with re-dialogue a little bit. You, know, you mentioned emotional intelligence. Well, when we got the publishing deal with HarperCollins, emotional intelligence, that book, has just become very popular. And I think that the publishing industry was interested in books of a similar nature. So a lot of publishers were after us at that time. And we originally were going to call that book Heart Intelligence. And that was the intent of, of HarperCollins when they signed it. But then they changed track on us. They decided that they didn't want the book to seem like a me too. You know, another, well, we have emotional intelligence. Now these guys got heart intelligence. They didn't want it to feel that way. So they did us a really big favor. They changed it and actually used their brand. They call it the Heart Math Solution. So they branded Heart Math for us through that book. They, they were the ones who had the, the term heart Math. No, we had the term heart math, yeah, but, but, when okay. they, but they decided to call the book The Heart Math Solution. And that put the, the term, our name, out in the public in a completely different way, you know, on a mass level. Um, and then, the, of course, the book that we released uh, in 2016 that I also was a co-author on is in fact now called Heart Intelligence. So we've written books around this amazing intelligence that we have. Um, it's been there all along for us. It It has, can, and does lift us beyond our problems, even in the midst of so much of the chaos and confusion we often experience in life. It's high speed, it's intuitive, it gives rise to the emotional qualities that are the most regenerative to us, like more care, more love, more compassion, more kindness, less judgment. It's an amazing part of who we are as human beings. And the entire heart math system of our techniques, our methods, our science, all of that combined is really to help activate the heart of humanity to bring that heart intelligence to the forefront of how each and every one of us lives our lives. So yeah, along the way we've come into some really cool understandings. And one of those was uh, in looking at the heart, the physical heart. Uh, it was clearly seen that the heart is an electrical organ. When you or I or anyone watching us uh, now goes to a doctor and they do your electrocardiogram, What does that say? They're measuring electricity, electrocardiogram. They're measuring electricity naturally produced by the beating heart. Well, it turns out that the heart's producing a lot of electricity. So much, in fact, that it creates a magnetic field that surrounds us, each and every one of us, in 360 degrees and can be measured with the most conservative equipment that you can use to measure fields. That field can be measured about three feet outside of the body. Now, I'm not talking about subtle energy or an aura. I'm talking about very measurable magnetic energy. Now, scientists also believe that if you were measuring it with different equipment that you see that field radiates much further than three feet. And when I began to ponder that field through the lens of let's say quantum physics versus Newtonian physics, the rules change. Uh, The rules around time and space change when you look at things through quantum physics, uh, the quantum physics lens. So this field is pretty amazing, and um, to me, it is what connects us all together. Because not only do we produce fields, every living thing produces a field. Every plant, every animal, even rocks, You know, the air, water, all that's producing energetic fields. And we're all sort of interfaced together in unseen ways through this vast web of energetic connections that exist on this planet and goes beyond so the study of this field is one of the directions our research took Uh, we wanted to know more about the field we wanted to know how fields relate to one another so one of our research endeavors in the last say five years or so has been around energetic connectivity trying to understand all these energetic connections that are taking place between us but what's interesting Robert about the field is this is that a magnetic field contains information i'll give you an example your cell phone produces a magnetic field. And that magnetic field communicates with a tower that then communicates with other phones and, and that sort of thing. Now, we imprint that magnetic field produced by the phone with our phone call or with the text or with the picture that we send. So we're imprinting the magnetic field and it's communicating with other magnetic fields. In terms of the heart's field, what we imprint it with is our emotions. Whatever we're really feeling is imprinting that field and the frequencies or the information in that field change depending upon our emotional state. If we're feeling angry, frustrated, irritated, that imprints the field and we broadcast that into whatever energetic field environment we're in. The people that we're with, the room we're in, the location in general that we're in and beyond, we're broadcasting that. Conversely, if we shift the emotional state, And instead we're feeling appreciative or more balanced or more calm or more courageous or more compassionate. Those type of emotions are also imprinting the field and they too are being broadcast. So what's interesting about that is that we are connecting to life itself through the field produced by the heart and the quality of that connection is determined by our own emotional state. Wow so the heart is electrical wherever yeah. there
0: is electricity there is also magnetism
1: a magnetic field yeah
0: right. so we have the electromagnetic field right the electromagnetic field is surrounds our physical body it's actually a a, a product and extension of the physical body and now i've seen images where the that field is depicted as something like a, a toroidal field correct now is that uh, now, for those of you who don't know, a toroidal field looks sort of like a donut or a tire, um, its shape. Um, is that an accurate depiction of that, or is that more metaphorical?
1: No, it's actually, actually an accurate depiction. I think one of the pictures that we've used in our, in our materials is actually a picture that was uh, of that field, not a photograph, but a, a model of that field done by researchers at University of Arizona. It wasn't even our model and they uh, the way that it modeled for them was a toroidal field and that's a symbol for a lot of the fields that represent the universe itself is considered to be in, in a way a, an infinitely large toroidal field
0: wow that's just amazing you're sitting there you're in uh, boulder creek yep it's just so beautiful there with all the uh, the ancient trees there the are the are they redwoods and sequoias both
1: no, just giant redwood trees. And, and okay. by the way, for those listening, Boulder Creek is a little town in, in California near Silicon Valley, but it's up in the mountains outside of Silicon Valley. Yeah. And one of the primary indigenous trees here, are there's very large redwood trees. Uh, we have within 15 minutes of where I'm sitting right now, there's a park, a state park, where there are trees there that are 3,000 years old.
0: This, uh, let's, let me see this, the heart, which is producing this field, It has, the field has structure, and because it has structure, that means the structure is, uh, it's actually emitting information, and that information is, uh, whenever you're emitting information, if there's something that it can receive information that's being transmitted, then there's a communication that's occurring there.
1: Correct, and we've also done studies uh, indicating that the heart is not just sending information, it's also receiving it. It's receiving Uh, as well. It's a receiver and a sender, that's correct. And so it's through the heart that we access different fields of information. Now I mentioned just a minute ago when I was describing heart intelligence that it was highly intuitive, right? Well, to me, intuition is accessing a field of information that's nonlinear. It's a nonlinear type of information that works at really high speed. It results in direct knowingness without going through the, the back and forth of the logical linear processes that are important as well. But intuition is kind of, you know, something, right? Well, to me, it's the heart's field. It's accessing the field of, of, uh, of intuition. And that intuition then begins to manifest within our humanness. It shows up as our thoughts and our impressions and our feelings. But to me, um, I can't say this is proven scientifically, but my experience would say that the access point for that type of information comes through the heart not just through the brain and mind.
0: Well, now that, that um uh, i'm sure that many of our listeners they know about that the earth has fields like the geomagnetic field and Mm -hmm. the unusual changes that are taking place in the fields on the the earth right now there's also a lot of information about the sun and the kind of strange changes that are going on with the sun right now um how do those changes um in those fields that are emitted by the earth or the sun how do they affect us because i I just want to I kind of throw a quick joke in here. The other day, I was listening to someone who was a fairly fairly cynical comedian. They were making fun of astrology and saying that this whole notion that there could be no, there's no way there could be any sort of influence from the stars. What a ridiculous idea. And I thought, well, astrology gave birth to cosmology. And I could tell you that uh, there's probably some influence in one word, and it's called sunshine. So. What are those kinds of effects that can, if we have hearts that are receivers as well as transmitters, what are some of those effects?
1: Well, it's a good question, and it's, you know, I'll try to make the answer as simple as I can, because we've done a lot of research on this as well, on understanding the energetic connections between us, the humans, and the Earth's energetic fields. You mentioned that the Earth produces energetic fields. Yes, it does. One of those most people have heard about. It's called the geomagnetic field it's what a compass responds to it's created by the spinning of the iron core at the very center of the earth it works in consort with another energetic field called the ionosphere it's less dense than the geomagnetic field but these two fields surround earth they're like a protective layer Uh, they protect us from incoming what i'll generically call space weather solar radiation solar winds cosmic rays that would be space weather these fields are important without them nothing resembling earth uh, life as we know it would be here. could be no life. Um, so they're part of the earth. Think about it like maybe energetic ecology. Now it's well known and well researched now that these fields are constantly fluctuating and changing. And as they do, they have a direct impact on human health and behavior. Now the major influencer of those changes is in fact what you mentioned earlier, the sun. As the sun's going through radiational changes, that radiation hits the Earth's energetic fields, those fields modulate. They change. And when they change, it impacts us. Um, For example, we now know that some of the same frequencies in the Earth's fields are exactly the same frequencies that exist within the human heart and brain. So there's a frequency match between us and these fields. And we've been doing some really, really cool studies on this, there's one, and by the way, you can go to, the, if you want research, you go to the nonprofit, heartmath.org, and you click on the research tab on that homepage, and you'll stay busy for a long time. If, if it's there are research, research you
0: studies on that homepage?
1: On, you click on the research tab, and it takes you to the research section, and there's just a ton of research papers there. Yeah, research,
0: I mean, approximately how many research studies and papers are
1: there? There are over 400 peer-reviewed research papers on HeartMath right now. Now, Whether they're all right there on that site or not, I don't know, but there are over 400 peer-reviewed research papers on HeartMath and over 8,000 listings found in research literature of HeartMath research. So the research has been a big deal for us. It's helped us a lot to communicate our message to mainstream audiences. But one of the studies done was done with hundreds of people in a variety of locations around the world, different cultures. And these people wore portable recorders measuring changes in their heart rhythms. And they wore them for six months. There were millions of heartbeats collected. Additionally, there were psychometric surveys created, very short ones that related to what someone was feeling at a particular time that were randomly sent to these people via email, you know, answer these questions as soon as you can. Right. And so, after all that data was collected, what they saw was amazing. They saw that there was a similar effect occurring in people all around the world in terms of looking at it through the changes in their heart rhythms and also their changes in emotional state that was correlating to changes occurring in the sun's activity.
0: No kidding. Wow.
1: So What we're seeing is that there's a mass global synchronization taking place. It's that interconnection again. I mean, the punchline for me on this, Robert, is to say that, we are now proving in scientific ways, this little fact that people say all the time is that we are not alone. We are all in this together.
0: Yeah, we are heard a lot in the news with the we're in this together. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, so we know that there's these mass global effects that are occurring uh, as changes occur in the Earth's energetic fields. It's affecting us all in similar ways. So it's a really cool study. And it was a big and complex study to arrive at that understanding. Well, now
0: you're, you're, you're expressing here that the heart, so physically, emotionally, spirit, it's intelligent. There is in heart intelligence. You even have that term in the book called heart intelligence. Um, if you would, is that the same as emotional intelligence or is it, is it more? Is it different? What, what's...
1: No let's just say that intelligences are all integrated. I'm not trying to put them in competitive positions at all. You know, we have different types of intelligence and I think that they all work together to create our overall consciousness, our overall awareness. Um, when I look at it, Robert, in my own personal experience, and I wrote about this with doc in the, um, heart mass solution book is that, to me, heart intelligence is what gives rise to emotional intelligence. It's an underpinning that supports emotional intelligence and gives rise to it. Um, Emotions are tricky. They work faster than than you can think. That's why we have emotional reactions before we can even intercept them. Uh, One of the things about heart intelligence that's most important is it gives us the ability to better understand and then regulate our emotions. The reason it can do that is heart intelligence is even faster than the emotions. It can embrace them more quickly. It can guide them. It can direct them. It can, it can actually intercept them before they actually have a chance to go anywhere. Um, because that's, what's most important about any of this. I mean, uh, I'll make a pivot in our conversation now, if I may, and say that the science is intriguing. It's interesting. It is important. It helps people reach understanding and new respect for their own heart. But where it really matters the most is how we apply that in our daily life. And learn to ride this emotional roller coaster <laughs> is one of the best ways we can apply it. That's where we're going to grow the most. That's where we're going to see more fulfillment. That's when we're going to be able to navigate life uh, from a new place when we learn to better regulate and understand our emotional nature. Heart intelligence, that's one of the major byproducts of developing heart intelligence, is what it can do to help us with our emotions. Well, now, if you look
0: at the news, uh, it's no surprise. Uh, everyone knows now that there's a lot of anxiety in the, uh, in the, the zeitgeist and there's uneasiness, there's uh, overwhelm and the reasons for it, they seem obvious, but uh, tell me from your perspective, um, do you see any other underlying cause for it?
1: Well, obviously we're in, a, we're in a time period in the history of humankind that's unlike anything we've ever experienced before. And that's going to bring up lots of insecurities, which lead to anxiety and, you know, a lot of things, a lot of emotions that we probably would rather have less of. And it's understandable why it would. So I say anything about this, I say it through, the, through my heart to everyone watching now with compassion. But what's happening is, is we are in an, a time period where we are going through a significant shift in the very fabric of consciousness itself. We are changing more rapidly than we have ever had to change. And my perspective on it, Robert, is this. This is an interesting, tough, and often very challenging time for people. They really are going through a tremendous amount of emotional ups and downs, and, and, and a lot of suffering has happened as a result of everything that's going on in our world. At the same time, we are creating something new. A new world is emerging right in the midst of the old one. And there's great opportunity within this time period as well. Uh, We are shaping a different existence. And the choices that we're making are doing that. We are walking through the door now into a new world. And we're creating it as we go. The world we had back in, let's say, March of this year no longer exists. And we are in a position now where we have to create a new one. We can't go back. It's never going to be quite the same again. We can't go back in time and recreate what we, what we once were. That can be disconcerting. That can bring up a lot of anxiety. Or it can also be seen as great, we're moving forward. There's an opportunity here. We've got a chance now to do things differently. It becomes a matter of perception. And I go through both perceptions myself. I can go through ups and downs around any of that. So if someone watching now is going, yeah, that sounds great, but my situation's hard, my situation's tough, know that I do get it, I do understand. And uh, I just like to stay in a position within myself and with what I put out to the world to say that I think we're headed in the right direction. It can look like everything's blowing up, but maybe it's just getting right for a change. Maybe it's just writing itself so that we can have a different life existence here. It's not gonna happen overnight, but I think we're walking very quickly in the right direction. And that there'll be a time not too far down the road when we'll see the benefits of whatever we've been having to go through in, in this time period. So I'm, I'm still remain very resilient, very hopeful, uh, enthusiastic about, you know, where these changes may be leading us. I yeah. think we're going to be better as a result of it, more connected.
0: You feel, you feel that this hard intelligence that can really help us deal with all the chaos and the turmoil that we're experiencing?
1: Heart intelligence, yes, it's much bigger than heart math. We've just done a pretty good job of putting some systems around it and sharing it with the world. But the emergence of this type of intelligence is really part of the evolutionary imperative of these times. It's big. We're thinking differently, we're operating differently, we're operating from a different consciousness now, when we access uh life through the heart. So it's part of the evolution that we're going through. It's uh, again, much bigger than heart math, it's a, it's a change in, in consciousness itself.
0: Well, now, for those of you who are just tuning in uh, recently, you are listening to the American Time, the Robert Barham Show. And today, um, I'm here with uh, my friend Howard Martin. Uh, Howard is an author and a speaker, and he is also from the Institute of Heart Math. And um, we've been talking about heart intelligence and the work that's been done at HeartMath. Uh, Howard, you mentioned that intuition is an important aspect of heart intelligence. And um, it seems to be something that people are talking about more all the time. What, what is some of your additional perspective on intuition? Like really um, go deeper into that topic. You've talked about it a little bit, but really what else is there that we, that we maybe haven't considered?
1: Well, in our training programs, we have sections a lot of times in those training programs on intuition, but the way they're titled is we call it practical intuition. So let me share a little bit about that, what that means. It's like intuition is often looked at as something mystical. It's also often looked at as only big insights like aha's and ah, oh, I mean you finally get it and there's a new discovery that results from some intuition that came in. That can all be true, but it's more nuanced than that. Intuition shows up all around us all the time. Uh, Intuition can be things like this, Robert. It can be like, you know you need to talk to someone about something sensitive, and your intuition begins to direct you on when it's best to have that conversation and what kind of words to use. It can be used that way. I'll give you another very practical one, and it would be uh, for those of you that may be watching now that are in in some sort of business role where you have to hire people, intuition plays a big role in that. In the United States, for example, there are laws that prevent someone like me, anybody that's interviewing uh, someone for a job, there's certain questions we can't ask. We can't ask about their personal life. We can't ask about their health. We can't ask about a lot of things that you would think you would normally be able to ask someone you were going to hire. You can only ask about job related, you know, uh, things. And so if you have people that are sitting there with you and they've got resumes that both look really good or all three look really good or however many people that is, and you've asked them all the basic questions, you're going to base that hiring decision on what you feel on what you sense. You're going to have to make an informed, but also intuitive shot call on that. And there's intuition there to guys. I'll give you another example. So that,
0: it, intuition, for, if I can interrupt for just a moment, that intuition that you're talking about, if we go back to that example, that's um, that's an intuition that you believe is, is going to access, um, I guess, sort of information or knowledge that is um, more accurate or truthful yeah. and not necessarily one's residing bias per se? Is it? Yeah, it can
1: be that way. Sure. You get a and feeling this person is the right one. They're going to fit their culture better. They're going to do a better job and they're going to be happier here. You know, you have to sort of feel that and sense it, right? So that's just an example. Um, another one that, that I like is parenting. I'm not a parent. I don't have any children, but when I observe people who are parenting, I'm looking at it and seeing a lot of intuition being applied. How do you help a child that can't communicate fully yet. How do you take care of that child's needs? How do you direct that child in the right direction? when they're not, you know, at a place yet where they fully form their cognitive abilities or their communicative abilities. Uh, it takes slowing down, it takes focusing and it takes love. And when those things are there, the intuition slides right in and often a parent knows exactly what that child needs or exactly well, what to do.
0: Slowing down. Slowing down. Focusing.
1: Focusing and loving.
0: Loving. Well, you launched, uh, HeartMath launched a a new program uh, that's called the HeartMath Experience. That came out, uh, I guess, a few months ago?
1: Came out in January.
0: Now, hundreds of thousands of people have been watching that. Will you tell me a little bit more about the HeartMath Experience? Why do you think there's been so much interest in that of late?
1: Well, you know, Robert, you know, HeartMath is a big, it has a lot of different components to it. You know, there's a lot of different windows or doors people walk into HeartMath from, whether it's healthcare people who we have a large healthcare uh, you know, uh, constituency in our database and work with lots of healthcare institutions or business, or it could be a lot of different angles that people come in. They come in through the science, they come in through spiritual interest. We wanted to, to make a front door that could introduce people to HeartMath in a very meaningful way that would teach them something, but also give them an experience of their own hearts. And so that was the goal, that was the task, and I ended up in the lead position on that project. So the way it got approached was this, we, we, we produced it like it was a movie that taught you. We didn't try to have like actors talking and that sort of thing, but we wanted it to have a cinematic quality to it. We felt that it needed to be entertaining and also informative. So we created the heart math experience. It's about 90 minutes long, but it's divided into nine individual chapters. And so you can watch it in chunks and it covers five heart math techniques. It covers a whole section on what we call social coherence. It covers some information on global coherence, which you were bringing up earlier about the, the, the earth's fields and all of that. Visually it's beautiful. It's stunning. It engages people. And when people walk away from that, what we see back in our surveys and the responses we've gotten is they feel different about themselves and different about life. They have had an experience, which is why I title it the HeartMath Experience. It's not just another training course. I knew there are plenty of great training courses out there, but I didn't want this to be just one of those. And I didn't want this to be something that felt laborious to people that they had to work at to do. I wanted them to get it and to feel it. So when we put it out in January, it was put out as a product and we were selling it and it was doing really well and I was able to license it. Well, they actually contacted me to, to bigger companies for distribution. You can now go to uh, for example, you know, Amazon or Apple TV and get the HeartMath experience. You get it through an organization called a company called Gaia, but it's, it's available on Amazon and Apple TV now. So it was a commercialized product. When the pandemic started really ramping up back in, you know, in March, we were getting lots of requests for help. How can we help people? What can we do for people? Can you do more for people? People were reaching out to us for assistance and we were getting pulled in a lot of different directions. So we said, you know, we need to have, we need to continue to help people every way we can, but we need something also very central that we can do. So we made a conscious choice to stop charging for the Heart Math experience and instead to give it away. And we put it out to the world for free. And we went to our friends and our networks and our associates and other resident organizations and we told them about this and they put it out to their people. Because we just wanted people to have this. And so now it's being looked at all around the world. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of people have taken us up on this offer. You simply go to the heartmath.com website There's a link you click there for the HeartMath experience. You do a basic registration, something simple. You get an access code and you have it for life. And so we decided to give it away and it's been a really good thing. Uh, I'm sure we're benefiting from having given it away. Uh, But it, it was really fun for me because it was one of the most enjoyable projects I ever was involved in helping to create that. It was amazing what happened along the way in, in the creative process. And then for me to be able to not have to, to charge someone for it, I could put it out to the world and not have to worry about business and I could offer it open heartedly as a gift. What a fulfilling feeling. That was <laughs> just to say, this is something that I love that I put my heart into and now I can give it to you. And I'm not asking for anything back. Uh, that felt amazing. So if, for people interested in learning more about heart math after they hear you know, uh, what they can from our, our conversation today, Robert, just get the heart math experience. It will introduce you to the world of heart math in an, I think, an enjoyable and uplifting way.
0: Now in that heart math experience, you said earlier that there's uh, five heart math tools or techniques. Yep. And w- will you share, just uh, say one of them, um, one of those techniques?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the simplest ones that I can share in a medium like this, that seems to work in, in interview type mediums. It's called the quick coherence technique, quick coherence technique. Yeah. It brings you into a connection with your heart and your heart's intelligence. The physiological changes that happen in your body when you do that, which I can describe as we do it. And it accesses, you know, more of that true deeper part of yourself where your core authentic self comes from. It's a simple technique. It's only three little steps. You can do it anytime, anywhere, You can do it with your eyes open, you can do it with your eyes closed. And if you'd like, in the time we have now, I'd be glad to walk everyone through the technique.
0: That would be wonderful, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take very long to do it, does it? It's three steps. No, it doesn't.
1: So what I'd like everybody to do right now is to focus your attention here, right in the center of your chest, the area of your heart. Just feel the energy come down into that area. And if you want to close your eyes, you can. If it's helpful to get your focus there, you can actually put your hand right there in the center of your chest. This is called heart focus. Now, the second step here is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to breathe naturally and normally in a rhythm that's comfortable for you, but a little deeper than you normally would. And as you breathe, I want you to imagine as if your breath is flowing in and out right through the center of your chest, the area of the heart. And we'll do this for a couple of breaths together right now. Breathe in, feel the breath coming in through the area of the heart, and then send it right back out through that area. I want you to continue to breathe that way. Keep doing that. And as you do, let's go to step three. I want you to activate a regenerative, uplifting emotion. You say, wow, it may be hard to do that. Well, maybe you can just appreciate something right now. It's gotta be something in your life that you can appreciate, something going on that you can appreciate. Just feel, gently feel that feeling of appreciation. Or maybe you can feel the love or care that you have for someone or something in your life. It could be a person. It could be a special place. It could be your pet. Just feel that feeling inside as you continue to breathe in and out through the area of the heart. As you're doing this, your nervous system is synchronizing. As the nervous system synchronizes, hormones are being released into your body that are regenerative, like more DHEA, the anti-aging hormone, or more oxytocin, generically called a love hormone. These hormones are now releasing into your system to regenerate you. The quality of signals and communication that runs from the heart back to the brain are improving. That's opening up the higher perceptual centers in your brain, so you're accessing more of your true higher brain center power. As all this is occurring, you're opening up to a different field of information. You could call it intuition, you could call it other things, but more of your true larger self, your bigger self, is now integrating more with your your day-to-day self, with your humanness. And all these types of benefits are are taking place as you do these three simple steps. Focus in your heart, you breathe in and out through the area of the heart, and you activate a regenerative uplifting emotion. And that brings your system into alignment to the state that's called coherence, and you do it quickly. You can do it anytime, anywhere. Didn't take but a minute.
0: Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. Since I first learned about heart math and um, I'm thinking about the family that uh, I'm grateful to at this moment who actually sent me out to heart math originally and it were not for them. I would not have known about heart math and all that it's about on the heart intelligence and the gifts of love. And um, I was having a conversation earlier today about the highest form of love, agape, unconditional love, the spiritual love. And um, thank you for sharing that with us. Your team has developed, in addition to the heart math experience, some innovative technology. Um, will you explain about inner balance and describe what it is, and how using something like technology can, can help anyone develop more intuition and more heart intelligence?
1: Sure, Robert. I mean, so technology has become an important part of our offerings to the world. It, it was started through our research from understanding how to, how to decode what's called heart-brain-body communication. The heart is sending information to the brain. We wanted to decode that. We found that the best way to do that was looking at a scientific discipline that was known some in cardiology, but not widely known. And it's called heart rate variability analysis. I'll just call it HRV moving forward in our conversation. HRV? Yeah, HRV is measuring the time between heartbeats. It's not just heart rate like a fitness monitor measures. The heart is constantly changing speeds. And this type of measurement is measuring the time between each heartbeat. And as you look at that, these very complex patterns emerge. Now, many things influence those timing changes. For example, physical movement does for sure. Every time you move, the heart's nuancing its beating pattern to compensate for the movement. Uh, The light that's on me right now is affecting my heart rate variability A noise. If I do my hands like that would, there's a lot of factors in that. But what we discovered is one of the major influencers of changes in our heart rhythm and our HRV was our emotions. When we're experiencing what I'll call, for lack of a better term, a strong negative emotion, like anger, frustration, anxiety, those type of feelings, uh, the heart rhythms become very, very chaotic. And that's not good for us. And that actually begins to inhibit brain function. If we are experiencing emotions like we just tried to experience in the quick coherence technique, like more love, care, appreciation, compassion, the rhythms change. They become very smooth and very ordered and that is healthy for us and it actually opens up higher brain centers. So when we enter that state where the heart rhythms are in that smooth and ordered state, we enter a state which is called high coherence. So we knew all this from our research when we were measuring it with research equipment. Eventually we decided that we needed to turn that into something that people could have. We needed to make it simpler, we needed to make it affordable, and so we began to develop technology that could allow someone To see their heart rhythms, their HRV pattern, and also understand how coherent they were. So, we developed a very uh, complex patented algorithm that analyzes HRV. It tells the person how coherent they are, and we've turned it into products. The one that's the most popular is called Inner Balance Trainer, it's an app you download from your favorite app store for free. You get a sensor from us, you buy a sensor. Sensor connects to the app, you connect the sensor to your ear. You turn the app on and it displays your heart rhythms and coherent scores and a lot of other things. And people use it for a lot of reasons. They use it for bringing themselves into balance, for reducing their stress. They use it for increasing performance. because it does increase performance. It brings your system into alignment where everything's working more efficiently, where you're, you're becoming more of your best self. You're bringing more of all you can bring to any situation. It's used in healthcare, it's used in sports, it's used in business. Uh, we have sold interbalance trainer sensors in about 127 different countries, it's all over the world. And there've been a lot of big major applications with it, like, you know, major sports teams and athletes and Olympians use the Interbalance Trainer for their needs. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people around the world use it for their spiritual practices. They use it with their meditations. Uh, I use it with my meditations all the time just to keep me on track. A lot of different applications for it. So it's affordable. It's fairly easy to understand and use. And it can help you right now. Yeah.
0: Uh, that interbalance app i have i've downloaded that myself it's on my iphone yeah i got, the, I got yeah i got the sensor and i practice with that uh in one way or another regularly and it's really uh it's fun the app is actually fun it's colorful which yeah. is enjoyable visually to look at and then it's fun oh, to be right. able to slide between the different screens so you can see the readouts. Right.
1: That's a, a breathing pacer that you get at the front. It helps you with that hard focus breathing like we did, but then you put your own pictures in to inspire you to activate the emotion. That's me on a bicycle. I love to ride my bikes. That's me on a bicycle in Beijing you know, not that long ago, pre-pandemic. Then you got your scoring screen. This is showing you your career scores and all of that. I'm just gonna hope you can see this, just kind of holding this up to the camera. but. This is where you see the data, you see your coherent scores and you see the heart rhythm pattern, the HRV pattern, all of that. And all of that connects you to the heart cloud, which is where your data goes. And you can go back and look at all your sessions and compare and you can do a lot of fun things with it. So I find it really useful. I use it every single day, several times. Um, I use it in most of my meditative practices, which I find it, again, it helps keep me on track. And what's cool about it, Robert, and you may have experienced this as well, is that there's a carryover effect to this. You don't have to walk around with your inner balance trainer all the time, but as you get a little bit more coherent, that naturally translates into the next activities you're going to do.
0: Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's, it's nice to get the actual feedback in the form of the visuals where you get to work with it. You see the, the toroidal field, you see the time, you see this, the shape of the HRV um, you know, the periodicity of that. You get, I mean, there's so many different kinds of uh, – there's, there's graphs, that kind of thing. There's so many different kinds of readout, and uh, it really ends up being very engaging and fun. So it's nice to be able to make the, the, the science of hard intelligence fun and have actual um, – uh, what it, metrics, I guess, is what it is, which is really nice.
1: Well, you asked me at the very beginning of, my com- of our conversation, Ken, what do I do here at HeartMath? Well, my main focus is on what I just call the people, the consumers. Uh, not so much on the science or any of that. I'm trying to get this down to the street. Right. And one of the the, the the one of the most powerful combinations, I think if if somebody can could do it or afford it or whatever they could do is get the heart math experience for free and watch it. And if that inspires you, then get an inner balance trainer and use those two together. Practice the techniques you learned in the heart math experience with your inner balance trainer. And that's a powerful combination right there that can, I think can create a lot of positive change for most people. And then well, I know that, um, there's the, uh,
0: there's the global coherence initiative, which is separate from the heart math experience and the inner balance.
1: Yeah. There's a separate app called the global coherence app. You get that for free too. And the same sensor works with it. And that's linking people together from around the world that are practicing being coherence together. It's really cool. Um, uh, as an example, in that app, there's a map and wherever you are, whether wherever your service provider is not your, your physical location, but where your service provider is, it puts a little marker on that map. And when people around the world are using this, you see these markers all around the planet, these little markers on the global map. And what that does for me, when I see is go, wow, look at all these people who are here doing the same thing I'm doing right now. And here's somebody in Finland and here's somebody in Ecuador and here's somebody in South Africa and here's somebody in, you know, in Singapore, you know, and it shows that the world is connecting. And so that's another app you can get for free and use the same sensor with it.
0: Do you have a sense? Um, I, I've often wondered when I open up the Global Coherence app and I'm looking at that, uh, that map of the world and see where other people are, are uh, online too and doing heart math. You said something near the beginning of our interview about, uh, about quantum physics. And one of those uh, principles in quantum physics is uh, the principle of non-locality. Right. Uh, and then uh, you've also said that the heart is generating this electromagnetic field that has structure and, and uh, information in it. And uh, it is a transmitter and a receiver. And there are many times where I'm in a uh, heart meditation so to speak and i see those different little lights on that global coherence app and i wonder if uh we are not connected at a quantum level in that moment together uh all of us who are are there doing that that heart math work
1: well you absolutely you absolutely are i believe you absolutely are and i'll take it one step further if you want to want me to just for fun time doesn't matter right they're going to be people watching an interview. It's recorded, right? You know, and, and they might be watching it later on in an archive format somewhere. I bet you they can feel what we're talking about right now. It, and they're connecting with us now, even though it may be at a completely different time. So distance and time don't matter much in quantum physics. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot non-local energetic connective effect when people are doing these things together and it's not even bound by time. And that's uh, pretty amazing. But we're learning these things now. We're learning that's some of the future stuff that we're beginning to understand better with more, more understanding needed. But we're getting onto those things now.
0: That's really something. Well, you've, you've stated that your focus uh, is helping to advance um, heart math and intelligence and people adding the qualities of the heart to all aspects of their lives. That's right. Help create a more heart-connected world. Um, Tell these listeners, tell our listeners more about that. Like, why is this so important to you and the HeartMath team ultimately?
1: You know, Robert, we're not going to figure out ways to overcome the challenges that we are facing as we go through this high speed changes to global society without more love. Uh, that can sound mushy, sentimental, weak, but love man, love is a little word that means a lot of things, covers a lot of territory. But what we have to have is more cooperation and less separation. We have to allow for our differences, and we see plenty of that going on today where there's a lot of differences. We have to learn to build bridges between those differences and learn to cooperate at another level. We need to create more harmony between ourselves, within ourselves, with the people that we're close to, and with a larger whole. That's not that's not going to happen unless we activate more of what I would call love, and begin to apply those the principles of love and how we lead our lives. Uh, for me, it's it's an ongoing process of getting better at that, putting more of that type of um, of love out. Uh, it involves sometimes me suspending my own biases, allowing for other people's opinions to to be heard. Uh, sometimes I have to look at whether or not i'm really caring for the whole or whether i'm still trying to come out on my own end more all these things are things that i challenge myself with all the time and i think as more and more heart enters the world we'll begin individually and then collectively more to ask these same kind of questions how can i how can i put out more love and care when do i need to be less judgmental uh, am i really listening or am i seeing everything through my own biases these are all interesting questions and it's, go- it's going to take that to come up into the new solutions that we need. Uh, I'll give an Einstein quote. I won't get it exactly right, but it was like he said something like this. Is, you know, we can't s- solve the problems that we face today at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. So we need new intelligence. We need new thinking. And to me, that's what love brings us. It brings in a new intelligence. It's not just a sentiment. It's not just mushy. It's not just hugging people is an intelligence, and as that intelligence begins to manifest itself more in each and every one of us, we will come into the type of intelligence that goes beyond the problems that we have created already, and allows us to see solutions that we just don't see yet. So, what is uh, what
0: is your? I mean, you It sounds like you're, what you're talking about is a heart connected world. And what would be your real, your full vision for a world that included? that more of the heart's intelligence?
1: Well, for starters, I don't think I can embrace the full vision, you know, I think it's much bigger than what I can grasp, you know, I look at my life and what's happened in my life and what's happened to heart man, I could have never envisioned this. Uh, but I do see a world that operates differently with more cooperation for starters. Uh, where there's less tension, there's less friction. Where there's more openness to, um, to work together in various ways. I see a world with less violence. I see a world with less suffering. Um, I see a world that, uh, that sounds to I me, mean, like that could be impossible, but it, I think it is possible. Uh, I believe that through the heart we can achieve these things. I don't want to see people suffer as much as they do. Human suffering manifests itself in so many different ways. I want to reduce that. So yeah, a lot of it's part of life. I get that. And it's, a lot of it's gonna, gonna be there but I think we can reduce it significantly. So in this new heart-connected world, I see a world that suffers less, you know. I don't want people to be hungry anymore. I don't want children to have to go through what they go through a lot of times. I wanna find ways, and I believe that we will, in my vision, that we solve some of the bigger problems. Um, Displaced people, haves and have-nots, refugee situations, violence, uh, war, all those things that are a part of life today, I think, can be improved as a more heart-based world manifests itself. Again, it's not overnight. I'm not trying to be too idealistic, but I do believe it's possible. And I do believe that that vision will someday manifest, uh, and maybe not as, long, as far down the road as I might think. I don't know if I'll be around to see it all, but I think aspects of it are already starting to emerge now.
0: Howard, we have just a minute or so here before we've got to wrap up. Um there's two things that I would like to ask you uh to share with our listeners and that is is there anything else you'd like them to know before we finish and um uh, after that uh how can we get a hold of you how can our listeners find you or people find you in heartmath
1: okay well here's what i like everybody to, to think about or know um uh, is it i want you to consider having more compassion for yourself um uh, Too often, I think we're hard on ourselves right now, and we don't necessarily always meet our own expectations, or we don't think that we're doing enough, or that we're good enough, or we're never going to get it, and life is tough on us because we haven't done something that we're supposed to have done, and all these thoughts and feelings come up around that that are sort of self-defeating. When you find yourself there, I'd like you to consider self-compassion and to try to acknowledge and recognize that you're a good person. You've done many good things in your life and in the world, and you're doing the very best you can right now in a very interesting and often challenging time. And give yourself the gift that your heart's trying to give you, which is a feeling of self-compassion. And just ease down a little bit. Try to find that place inside yourself. It's not selfish. It's an act of self-care that's regenerative, that's important. And give yourself the gift of your own self-compassion and try to reduce some of that self-judgment. That would be what I'd like to leave people with. If they wanna know more about HeartMath, go to heartmath.com or .org. If you wanna reach me personally, leave a message at info at heartmath.com. Those messages get passed to me uh, through my assistant, but info at heartmath.com and leave me a message. Um, Go to the websites and check it out. There are a lot of free things there. There are really cool things that we do like monthly calls that you can join where we join together with people around the world. We do heart focus activities There's a whole world, a little mini universe so to speak of heart math. It's there for you. Uh, the first step again, would be go to the site, get the heart math experience. If it resonates with you, there's plenty more behind that, but that'll give you a, a good starting point, uh, into what we do and what we offer. And, Who knows? Maybe there'll be things there that you can resonate with. That'll be beneficial to you. And that would be my heart wishes that you do find some things there that uh, can make your life better. Even if you have a good one. I mean, now I'm a believer that good can get better. So some people come to HeartMath because they're struggling. Some come because they're just interested in new things. So whatever your situation is, check it out. And heartmath.com and dot org are where you would do that.
0: Okay. Howard Martin, thank you for being here. And uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you did too. And I hope our listeners did as well. Um, and I hope you will also come back again sometime not too, in the not too distant future.
1: Um, Robert, I'm honored that you have me. Thank you so much. Uh, like I said, you, you went to HeartMath a long time ago. By the way, listeners, Robert is a certified HeartMath coach. He can help you too. Thank you very <laughs> much. Up. That's what he does.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to American Dreamtime, the Robert Farm Show. Been fun.